One of my favorite experiences as a consulting forester is often that first walk in the woods with a landowner where we start to talk about things. Their eyes, you know, they just sort of slowly start to become aware of the beautiful complexity of the system that we call forests. Welcome to Heartwood, Vermont, a new podcast that connects Vermonters to our forested landscape through stories and answers your questions about our forests, forest management, and the forest economy. I'm Kate Four, And I'm Lisa Sawsville. Lisa is the Executive Director of Vermont Coverts. And Kate is a Community Forestry Specialist with the UVM Extension. Together, we'll be your hosts as we explore our woods. Vermont has many technical service providers, or people who come out to your land, either free or for a charge, to walk your land with you and answer your questions about your woods. In this episode, we're talking with some of these folks and learning more about what they do for landowners. Let's meet a few. My name's Jared Nunnery, and I'm the Orleans County Forester. I work for the Department of Forest Parks and Recreation. And being the Orleans County Forester, I work primarily in Orleans County in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. My name is Marcus Bradley. I'm a consulting forester with Red Start Forestry based in Corinth, Vermont. My name is Alan Calfee. I am a licensed professional forester. I live in Rupert, Vermont. I'm a woodland owner myself. I tell my clients that I think that's of great value to them because I have a lot of empathy for some of the challenges they face. My name is Andrea Shortsleeve, and I work with the Department of Fish and Wildlife in Vermont as a habitat biologist working with private landowners. My name is Steve Hagenboo, and I am the Forest Conservation Program Manager for Audubon, Vermont. You may be thinking, oh my gosh, there are so many. What do they do? Why would I need to collaborate with one? Well, you would be right. There are many, but each serves the landowner in a unique way and can help with the stewardship of your land. Let's hear a little bit about what each of these resource professionals do. The county forester is oftentimes the first stop, particularly for new landowners. Our job can be anything from initial explanation of questions, uh, what you have, oftentimes starts with a walk together in your woods. And when I say landowner too, that could be a person with one tree in downtown Newport City and questions about the health of that tree to someone with thousands of acres and managing uh, with a focus on timber production or wildlife habitat. We are that kind of beginning resource starting to help understand what what you have for your woods and then uh, where do you go from there. We asked Jared, how much does it cost to work with a county forester? I love that question because I get to say nothing. Or I can caveat it by saying uh, keep paying your taxes. But as as a county forester, it's a service provided by the state of Vermont free of charge for all all landowners in Vermont. So that's a county forester. What does a consulting forester do? Our charge is to be the agent for the landowner. Now, if you look at the definition of an agent in the Vermont statutes, it's a lot like being a legal guardian. My job is to look out for my client's interest. Owning land can be complicated and involves a number of different factors. My job is to help people navigate their way through that ownership over time. So you might be wondering why there are two different types of foresters. Actually, there's even more. These are the ones that are most important for landowners to be aware of. The difference is county foresters work for the state, 
and consulting foresters work for landowners. The county forester, we're the ones when it comes to current use are, are regulating the program and the consulting forester, they're the individual that a landowner would hire to develop that forest management plan. They'll come out and do an inventory of the property and that establishes a baseline of what's out there. And then they'll ask the landowner, what are your goals and, and objectives in, in owning this property? What do you wanna see this property like in five, 10, 15, 30 years? Then from that, the combination of those two will develop a forest management plan. And that sets that trajectory forward to achieve those management goals and objectives. The consulting forester is going to be their, their consultant, the one that they reach out to when they've got questions to essentially implement that plan as well. And so if there comes a time when they're going to begin a timber harvest, the consulting forester is going to be the one who helps the landowner reach out establish a contract with a, a logging contractor. They're going to oversee the work. They'll mark the trees to be cut. They'll, they'll assure that the silvicultural prescription is, is implemented and it's following the forest management plan. And they kind of act as that middle liaison between the logging contractor and the landowner, assuring that uh, everything's going smoothly and they'll shepherd that process through and, and then continue on working with uh, the landowner when the work is done. The vast majority of our work is part of the, the, the current use program format. We have you know approximately a, a thousand uh, non-industrial clients who have land enrolled in, in current use. To be in the forest land part of the program, uh, you have to have a forestry plan um, that has to be updated every 10 years. We write approximately 100 forestry plans a year in this office. And in those forestry plans, we, you know, we sample the properties systematically, and then we break the properties up into different stand types. We also, at the same time, try to get a good sense of the boundaries, um, try to figure out some of the other physical features, try to figure out some of the resource concerns on the property, and then develop this plan that, that hopefully meets the, the landowner's objectives for the, for the property for the next 10 years. The other part of what we do is help implement this plan. We help conduct logging jobs um, or, or, or resource concerns like invasive plant control. If you were going to build a house, you don't, your first step isn't to go down to the lumber yard and start buying wood. Because uh, if you did that, you, you wouldn't know what to buy, how much to buy. Um, and so that's where the consulting forester really comes in. And oftentimes, and the other analogy I use too is most of Vermonters can probably walk through their house and tell you generally what the value of everything is in their house, uh, how much it costs, what it's worth. When you go out to the woods, it's a lot different. You can have one 10-inch maple that is worth X amount, and that same tree with a slightly different form is worth a totally different amount. And if you were to continue to grow that 10-inch maple for a longer period of time, the value is going to change drastically. And that's that level of understanding is, is one that takes years of both education and practice to develop. And that's where that consulting forester comes in, is they're bringing that expertise. They're bringing the expertise and understanding not only what trees are out there, but how they grow. The same sugar maple is going to grow differently on one site than it is on a different site. And so that understanding of soils and bedrock and water and how it all comes together, it's very complex. And so that consultant's there to guide you through that and bring that in-depth knowledge of both place 
and species together to ultimately help you understand what you have. And what you have then is when you can decide where you're going to go. Kind of like the architect's going to give you designs for your building, which will give you a supplies list. Then you can begin to work with a contractor to build the home. Once you have that list of materials and a design board, your forest management plans, that architectural design that enables you to figure out exactly how you're going to build this house. There are consulting foresters out there like myself who will work for you and be an advocate for what you want. You know, I like to use the analogy, you know, people talk about how it's hard to eat a whole watermelon uh, and that uh, it's easier to eat it if you slice it into smaller parts. So we take a piece of forest land and slice it into different parts, uh, which we call forest stands. These are areas that are similar in either age class distribution or species composition. The most obvious differentiation would be like a, you know, a softwood stand, a white pine stand versus a northern hardwood stand. We divvy up the property into those different parcels, do some mapping work so people can look at and see how their land breaks up uh, on the landscape, where the roads are, where streams are, where unique natural areas are, and then combine that inventory and assessment with their objectives and put together a long-term program for what to do in those areas, generally involving you know, active management, harvesting of some sort to reach their objectives. Fundamentally, as a part of that, obviously, we're also just trying to help improve the diversity of trees in a stand and the diversity of age classes. A lot of Vermont woods have grown back in on agricultural land, so all the trees in that particular stand are kind of of the same age through our work doing harvest on a periodic basis, like once every 15, 20 years, we're trying to create some new age classes and uh, bring in the greatest diversity of, of natural tree species that we can. Forests are very complex systems. They certainly involve a lot more than just thinking about them as, as a collection of, of standing trees out there, you know, just, just there on their own doing their own thing. It's, it's, it's obviously a very interrelated system of the living and non-living components of that forest, the soils that they're on, the water, everything mixes together and it becomes pretty complex pretty quickly. There's certainly folks who think, well, I can just go out and cut a few trees and I'll be okay in, in meeting my goals of maybe harvesting firewood or even enhancing wildlife habitat. But without a real good understanding of what the harvesting of those trees will do to that entire system, um, things don't always turn out the way that they were intended to. Foresters, folks who have been trained, have experience in how to manage that system. There are other technical service providers that can offer guidance, advice, and direction to landowners. One area that receives a lot of focus is wildlife habitat improvement. Here's Andrea and Steve to share about what they can do. I'm available with some of my other colleagues to come to people's property, do site visits and property walks, answer questions about how to manage their, their forests and their fields for our, our native species. I also do a series of informational presentations and webinars, and we do a lot of trainings just on the ground. 
One of the one of the big things that takes up a lot of my time with working with landowners is helping guide them through the equip process, which is a, a cost share reimbursement program for landowners to help improve their forests and their properties for wildlife and, and forest health in general. And so we we guide them through that and, and help certify some of the projects that are administered through that program. And what we try to bring to landowners is what we might call a bird's eye view of the forest. And there's a little bit of a pun intended there, and it's figuratively, not literally. Um, we don't have the ability to take people and fly over their forest, but what we do have the ability to do is to help them to look at their forest through the lens of birds and the habitat that those birds need. We work in tandem with foresters. It's just our areas of expertise help us look at the woods a little differently. A lot of times, foresters and wildlife biologists are are talking about the same thing. We're just using different words. Private landowners are really the, they make up the fabric of Vermont's landscape. You know, close to 75 to 80% of Vermont land is in, is in private ownership. And so the actions that private landowners make truly have significant um, implications for how our forests are able to um, do the things that they do, uh, provide habitat for birds and other wildlife, provide forest products, provide clean air and clean water and recreational opportunities and all of that. So so that in itself is, is a very rewarding aspect of, of working with private landowners. Each one of these people have you know their own stories. They each have their own history of, of what they've done on that property. Um, sometimes it's nothing yet and they're just getting into it. And sometimes they've done quite a bit with certain objectives in mind. You can just see them, you know, sort of expand their mind and expand their love and enjoyment of their property as they start to learn more about it. Every opportunity working with landowners is different. Every landowner has a different interest, uh, something that drives them. The common theme is, is oftentimes a genuine connection to their woods. They're, they're passionate about it. That passion might be driven by different, different causes, but the, the commonality of it is the passion. People are excited about their woods. They're proud about their woods. There's different emotions that evoked for different people related to the woods. And I think that sort of uniqueness is what really entices me. I, I do really enjoy people. You might find that odd because my, my objective is just to stay in the woods. But we work with a lot of interesting people with lots of different perspectives. And it, it is just fascinating to meet people from different backgrounds and different nationalities with different objectives. I really enjoy being exposed to all sorts of different people that make up our Vermont community and just learn what they appreciate about where they live. I mean, I think we live in such an amazing place. Typically, an interaction with these professionals begins with a conversation, trying to understand where the landowner is at along their journey. Well, the first question that I always ask is, well, what, what questions do you have? Because that can vary a lot by the landowner. And so some folks are really interested in, in understanding what they have, tree species, uh, the, the different forest types they have. Others are more interested in particular kinds of wildlife habitat. And so the conversation is going to vary a lot based on the interests of the landowner. But once we get a feeling for what people are interested in, 
We'll then start to walk and explain the landscape as we're walking through it, understanding the past land use history, understanding the different species and what's growing there, how it's growing. A question that's regularly asked is, how do I keep my forest healthy? And so discussing these sorts of different topics and we'll walk through the woods and, and sometimes that walk may be four or five hours on 10 acres even, depending on how many questions we go through. So there's not one common visit, but really it's it's helping people ultimately better understand what they have, what's out there in the woods. Because once you understand it, then more questions come up and you can actually then start to really develop more of a relationship with that land. And from that relationship then comes the stewardship of the land. Most folks that I work with, you know, logging income is, is important, but it's not usually the overriding objective. So, you know, and, and my, my general philosophy is let's farm for trees where it's the most accessible, it's the most operable, and it's the most productive. Part of my job, I think, is to introduce scenarios. Vermont Audubon would like three to five percent of somebody's property to be an early successional habitat. That's kind of an eye opener for, for people. We want to make little patch cuts or group cuts um, somewhere in the vicinity of three to five percent of the total property. Really, that, you know, that's that's kind of you know, my my job is to actually introduce that stuff as, as, as well. Some of the other, other scenarios going on help, help that education. And then from there, hopefully arrive to a plan that, that makes sense for their objectives, but also sort of the logistics of, of the land and what's, and what's possible. It is a long-term relationship and it's important that our philosophies align and our, our, our general sort of look as, at the forest as a whole. The next step used to be a visit, just a casual walk around their woods for me to talk about uh, some things that I think are important about the forest and maybe look at their lands and try to find some of those unique areas and talk about those. In that sort of introductory meeting, I probed that question, what is most important to you about your land, and start to try to put together a statement of objectives for them about their forest land. I've worked with people who have owned their property for generations, and I've also worked with people who you know, have owned their property for a month and haven't even explored all, all 50 acres. We'll start with a conversation of being like, what do you enjoy about your property? What are your overall long-term goals and objectives? Are you interested in just creating a beautiful place that you can walk around? Are you interested in seeing more birds? Are you interested in pollinators? Once we're in the woods, it, it is really a, it's a conversation. It's a chance for landowners to share with me what they value in their forest. What is it that interests them? Also to share with me and, and show me, take me to places in your forest where you've done some active management lately so that we can talk a bit about how that management is going to, perhaps it's already done this or perhaps it will in a couple of years, how will it alter habitat for the birds that they're interested in? And it often leads to a really rich conversation, bringing up things that sometimes landowners have heard anecdotally one time or another, but really want to dive a little bit deeper into it. At the end of the visit, once we wrap things up, go back home and in, in most cases for most landowners, we will provide them with some sort of a written report that explains the current habitat conditions that their property provides. It talks about ways that in the future they could think about 
managing that forest either under the same regimes that they've been using right now or perhaps even doing things a little different so that it enhances that habitat well into the future. Oftentimes those management objectives and goals are achieved through a timber harvest and that's when you would be engaging with a logging contractor. And the logger's job, they're the ones who are implementing that harvest. When I have these conversations with landowners, I try to essentially bring people onto forest time, which is a lot slower than people time. And, and by getting on forest time, what I mean is that first step when you when you just are getting acquainted with land is spending time with that property. You don't need to make decisions on what you're going to do for the next 10 years in the first three months of owning land. You need to spend time with that land in all four seasons, maybe three or four times. So like three or four years before you really start to develop your relationship with the land. And from that, you can then move forward on what your long-term management plan objectives are. Tom McAvoy, who started Vermont Coverts, had a triangle. The three corners of the triangle were the landowner, the logger, and the forester. He would say that, you know, at the end of a good logging job, all three of those people should be happy. So the landowner will be happy with how their woods look, the money they got for their trees. The forester will be happy that the silviculture was done right, that it was done in a way that actually improves the forest over the long term. And the logger will be happy, will have, you know, made money on the job. You know, if any, any one of those people in that triangle is not happy, then it's not a successful logging job. All these people are important pieces of what makes forestry happen in Vermont. As we close out, we have lined up stories from each of them about how they connect to our Vermont woods. There's a certain just calmness uh, in the woods that, that I find. Stopping for a moment, and yesterday a mixed flock of chickadees and sparrows uh, and a kinglet as well, just kind of surrounding around me while I was in mixed wood forest on the edge of a wetland and took a moment and realized, uh, you know what, this is a nice place to be, especially in a time when the world's pretty tumultuous. There's always just uh, quietness in the woods that's really nice too. So endless classroom and, and also just peace and tranquility. My family has been here for a long time and, and after college I moved out west and started my career and it, it just never really felt right until I came back to Vermont and started working again in the woods here. And and I, it just, I think as I've been back, I've just realized it's because, um, you know, I think my connection to the Northern hardwoods and just, you know, the trees that are here and the different components of our forests just seem normal and, and home to me. And that's really, I think just, I don't know, that, that provides such a connection to me. And it, it's, it's not really, a describable feeling or a describable experience, but um, I think it's just kind of an overall feeling. It's a place where I can go to to kind of recharge, um, whether that's by myself, whether that's with my family, or whether that's even with with other landowners on a on a visit, an Audubon visit. It's still a place where I can go and feel a sense of um, of calm and a sense of where things are, are, are good in the world. This has been Kate and Lisa, and you've been listening to Heartwood, Vermont. 
hosted by Vermont Coverts, UVM Extension, and UVM Center for Research on Vermont. This podcast was produced by Leah Kelleher and made possible by funding from Vermont Agency of Agriculture, Food and Markets, and the Working Lands Enterprise Board. The fiddle music that you heard in this episode was written and performed by Vermont musician Joanne Garten. To hear more of her work, check out her album, Bees Knees. Do you have a story to share about your connection to our woods or have a question about Vermont's forests? Give us a call and leave us a message at 802-476-2003, extension 210.